This is the Relevant Podcast. This episode 1,121. It's a lot of podcasts. Uh, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's goody? And uh, from Los Angeles, you know from Social Club Misfits, it's Marty. Woohoo! Emily no. is not joining us this week. She will come on for Relevant Buzz in the next segment, uh, but she's got a little bit of a migraine. So... When we were talking, I was like, you sure you down for <laughs> you're down for all the chaos of the podcast? And she's like, if I could sit out, I think that would be good. So she doesn't like four people yelling at her. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what it came down to. We're all like, yeah. Right. yeah, this actually is known as quite a well-known trigger for for migraines, <laughs> migraines. a lot of neurological conditions. <laughs> a lot of yeah, loud noises. Migraines, yeah. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to one of my faith heroes, Christine Kane. We bring her on the show a couple times a year, it seems like. And we have a fascinating conversation that is very timely for the end of 2023. You don't want to miss that. Well, uh, you know, it's full on Christmas week now. Uh, mm-hmm. Last last after Thanksgiving, I almost played Christmas music here on the show. Um, and we you know, every year we release our Christmas playlist, very relevant Christmas, all that stuff. I was going to promote it on Tuesday's show. But I got pushed back because it was still the month of November. So people... <laughs> People, some some people are diehards. It's got to say December on the calendar. Well, it's officially December first when this show's it's coming cool. out. So, uh, Merry Christmas season, everybody! And also, I wish the retail stores felt like that. Bro, <laughs> yeah, for real. October thirty first, November first, day it's on. <laughs> yeah. Christmas music sure. and everything. Have you guys? I, I I acquired a tree since we last spoke. Nice. Um, and I was informed that tree prices are have gone up once again, all time high. Um, yeah. And I, I terrible. And I get an economy lesson. I was told, I said this on the last show about the, the you know the nuances of the of the Christmas tree market. And you know I, I was told you know, years mm. ago that mm-hmm. the, the today's prices are dictated by the conditions of when the trees were actually planted, which is 20 years ago. So we're mm-hmm. still, we're still navigating the housing cr- cr- crisis here, but I'm beginning to think they're just going to keep going up every year. Like yeah. I, th- th- there's no coming every, you know, I, 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 cause I asked the guy, I was like, man, these prices seem really high this year. Like how much did you pay? Or yeah, how, how much? Yeah. Is that a, Give some context, Jesse. Is it absorbent? They used to say they used to say it's ten dollars a foot. Now it's 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 a good tw- at least twenty. And oh, so, so if you're, you're buying a nine footer, seventy dollars then, right? Oh, it's well, double. if you're buying a nine footer, you, you're oh, in. Yeah. The, you, you know, you're you're creeping in on two hundred pounds for a tree. Whoa. You gotta go a different lot, dude. Home Depot here has the Christmas tree lots, and and they're like. You could get us eight footer for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, but like, I'm not buying parking lot trees. Okay, these are these are these are tree farmed. <laughs> well, let me say this: he's going to non-GMO locally sourced trees. He wants the hey, locally sourced. My Douglas fir that I got from the Home Depot <laughs> no, parking lot is just fine. It, it is it is it is one indulgence that my wife will not tolerate an ugly it's tree. It's a free range it, it tree. Not it's, it won't be tolerated. I have a lovely tree. It is alive bro, and well. Said your tree busted, bro. It is. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> he said, I see your tree, Cameron. Uh, yeah. I'm one of those tree trees. tree, he said. I'm one of those back alley you, trees. I see your tree, bro. Hey, Cameron, you can keep your sweatshop tree, okay? I'm going. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But look. Those it, are but, imported from China, and they, yo, they, they relax, work on it. Relax, relax. Yeah. It's like but, an iPhone. You don't want that tree. You yeah. want the one that's locally sourced. I don't want, yeah. I don't want your wish tree. I'm going the real deal. <laughs> My oh, tree looks man. lovely. What are you talking about? And, but the prices were higher than normal. Normally, I'd pay fifty bucks back in the day, and then it was sixty bucks. And this year, it was eighty bucks for us. But, but the guy, the guy, uh, the guy uh, says, um, you know, I was like, man, really high. He's like, well, you know, it's the the great Christmas tree crisis right now and uh, you know as if this is oh, a nah, thing that we're all talking bro. about he didn't call like, it the great he didn't call it the great christmas tree crisis did. bro he did as if it's this e- <laughs> as if it's this national emergency <laughs> that- he said the great chris it's not even like it got great it became great and so it started to the history books were referred to this as a great christmas this tree this man did not call that mug the great christmas tree <laughs> that's how he just that's how he justified his price gouging the relevant podcast bro yeah i can hear him in like his old like his old time Timer voice, like his old, like, um, you know, he's like, it's a great Christmas tree. And you're like, oh, just tell me more, sir. Tell me more. I, hey, I am, I am not kidding. He said it as if this is just a part of the national discourse right now, as if we, I love as that. if it's all been leading to this. Like, it's like, you know, the, the AI apocalypse or something. Like, you know, right. the day has come. The, right. the great we Christmas tree crisis we is, is here. Stream again. Yeah. <laughs> He said it with such confidence and so casually that it was like that's he's justifying his price gouging, man. You you got played. I've been going to I've been going to these people for like eight years, eight Christmases. So, Cameron, you're saying that the tree he's inflating the price to make it seem like it's something more special than your Douglas fir from Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm saying he's why? Why are these double the price? Well, you know we got a there's crisis no, going on. But there's on no now. way you there's not a crisis. Hey, Cameron, how big's your tree? How feet? I have you know my mid century house. I have eight foot ceilings, so I can't go beyond a seven to eight foot tree. So I that's what I have. I know you have very high ceilings. I do. So you need scale. I get it. So, but but the, I I I'm still something's not adding up here. You said you paid eighty bucks. I paid eighty bucks for a seven and a half foot Douglas fir. Yes. Uh, that's that, that's a stolen. You're that's a hot tree. <laughs> that was stolen. That's a black market. Jesse, no, I bought it at a. I go to the Home Depot uh, tree farm every year. I'm, I'm saying I used to pay fifty bucks for this tree. I got anyway. a theory. I yeah. think this guy is going to Home Depot and marking up the trees <laughs> from Home Depot. <laughs> the this ain't no depot I, tree. I think he's tree going from to Home Depot and marking them up. No, no. He went to the hipster place to get trees. That's why. Whole, he's like those those people like, you can make money on Amazon. You just go to like Marshalls and you like buy the stuff at Marshalls and then list it for more. That's what he's doing with Christmas trees. I, I, I was like, I was like, yeah, Got man, him. why is this one like, why is the same tree 250 He goes, well, you see, here and it has a little ribbon at the top and he said this one has been trimmed uh uh every 10 years this one's only been trimmed they only really oh, trim it or, no, or, or twice a year them. every every you know i was getting a whole 
like I said, these are the premium trees. I don't need. I don't need <laughs> yeah. your. Yeah, these are premium. This is like when you hey, go to bro. the supermarket and get eggs, and you open up the eggs, and it's like, hi, this is from your. This is from the chicken. Her name is yeah. Bethany, and you're like, oh, okay, like it's giving you information you shouldn't have to I have. Think I think I might be with Cameron on this one, bro. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's gonna be dead in a month anyway, buddy. I think no, I might be with your, Cameron. Your floor's gonna be covered in, in in pine needles. You're gonna have little, you know, termites. There's a rat in there. Out. There's a rat in your tree. <laughs> yeah, you got a rat tree. Dude. There's a tarantula. Be careful. I got a rat tree. You bought yours from an old prospector. Trust hit, oh, Gus I did. He had a big white beard. He, he had uh, a big the white. toothpick just made an appearance. If you're catch following I us right now, again. the toothpick. I yeah, again. I need to. <laughs> You know. All right. Well, moving the show along. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Emily joins us for Relevant Buzz. You're listening to Bob Jr. and Interwave. The song is all in vain. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show our managing editor, downtown Emily Brown, to tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. How's the migraine? I told them. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's migraining, you know? It's there. Um Hey, that's a that's a wild question to ask. Like, my greatest migraine—that is a wild question to ask. My hey, boy. this is her flu game. This is her Jordan flu game. She's pushing <laughs> through. Bring us all the buzz. How's the, the migraine? You know, scale of one to ten. You know, is it? I God, did so Lee. the other day. It was or, so it happened. It started yesterday. It was really bad. I called my mom because I was like, I can't look at the screen for too long. Can you tell me what I'm supposed mm. to do to like get rid of a migraine naturally? Um, and so she told there was like, you know, all these like home remedies and stuff. One of them Lobotomies. is caffeine. So I have consumed large amounts of coffee and it's That's weirdly great. helped. That is awesome. But I woke up in the Eccentric. middle of the night because I didn't have, obviously I didn't have any coffee. And so I was like, okay, how do I get back to sleep? So I took some melatonin, but I, I don't have experience with migraines, but I, I bought some Excedrin for somebody who had a migraine recently and i realized the only difference with excedrin versus like ibuprofen or whatever is that it's ibuprofen plus caffeine yeah so the caffeine thing makes sense yeah huh. well, well we glad appreciate you, join you joining us despite the, the you ailment. know we're gonna see how this segment goes so <laughs> i get it yeah i've All been right. there so what's happening what's happening this week emily yeah the first thing i want to jump into is obviously a study with a bunch of data um no, I'm kidding. <laughs> i do want to talk about a report though that was really interesting um so you know we've been following obviously the rise of the nuns over the last few years not the devout religiously affiliated the 
religiously unaffiliated. N O N E S. Yes. No religious affiliation. Yes. Um, and there's a new report that came out from Ryan Burge, who's a political scientist. He focuses a lot on religious demographics. Um, and he found that 16% of the overall U.S. adult population identifies as nuns. That's not super surprising. What is interesting is when you break it down by generation, 40% of Gen Z now identify as nuns. Wow. 40. 40%, which is a huge Almost increase. Almost triple the national. Yeah. Wow. About two years ago, Pew released a study that found that 31% of adults under 30 were unaffiliated with religion. But Burge estimates that that number has jumped a lot. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why is just because of the way that younger nuns classify themselves. Um, many are not aligning themselves with labels like atheists or agnostics, like older generations might have. Um, they're just choosing sort of nothing in particular when asked about religion. They're just saying they're not really leaning anyway, just saying I have no interest and just kind of have like an, an ambivalence towards religion. But didn't we also hear in the studies, I'm curious if this one confirms this, but you, while they were claiming no religious affiliation, they like had more spiritual curiosity or mm. hunger. Does this, does this study talk about that at all? This one doesn't go into that. Um, but we have had that study okay. before where there is still um, an interest in that. And I mean, on the flip side, you know, 40% identify as nuns. That means 60% does have some sort of religious affiliation. Um, so it is still technically right. the majority, but it just, the 40% of one generation <sighs> saying that they're not interested is, oh. is a massive jump. Yeah. 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 How did it, it, that's just America, right? Yes. Yeah. This is the US probably population. be higher in Europe. Yeah. I was going to, I was wondering if that's like a, if that's a global trend or, you know, not that it, it matters, but you, you know, I, I, there's just a matter of like curiosity. If like this is something that is distinctly happening within, you know, kind of the generation of America or if globally, you know, that, that, you know, younger people are becoming less religious, you know. But no, this one specifically looks at U.S. adults. U.S., yeah. Mm. I mean, the church is growing globally. I mean, right. Asia and Latin America and Africa. All right. What else do you have? Um, another very interesting survey um, that I'm excited. I'm interested to get your thoughts on. Um, this one is from Empower, which is a financial service company. They asked Americans, can money buy happiness? No surprise. A majority of Americans said yes. Uh, what is surprising is how much they think they need for happiness. On average, Americans yeah. say they need a salary of 284000 a year to be happy. Mm. I thought the studies came back a kind few of a years high. ago that like above 75000 is like where the like up to 75000 money does buy peace of mind, happiness, whatever. But beyond 75000 it it actually doesn't, but you're but but America. Well, so but people this are saying is what they need two hundred eighty thousand. This is what they say they need. Um, this is not people who right, actually right, right. have yeah. that and are saying like this is the average American who does not make two hundred eighty four thousand a year says that they think if they made that much money, it would solve just a lot of their problems, which includes rising when, costs. When you explain debt. it like that, Emily. Makes it makes so much sense <laughs> when it's oh, like the people who never had it are like, we need this specific amount mm. because you know what those I think in their mind, they're like, I also had to factor in my vacations, my designer. Like it's it's a mm -hmm. factor of 
competing with everyone around them. It's not even for them to be taken care of, like to eat food and to have Mm -hmm. a nice house. It's literally, I think a lot of these like ideas, because I I just saw a whole, uh, I saw a whole thing on YouTube about this and he was talking to girls about it. It's like, how much do you want your man to make or how Mm -hmm. much do you want? And the girls are like, if he's not making 250, I'm not messing with. Them. I'm like your dad doesn't make two fifty. You know what I'm saying? Like this idea, this idea of two hundred fifty thousand has been out there for a couple of like months. Of, yeah. It's like two hundred fifty thousand has to start there. I think it's outrageous. Yeah, I saw one girl say a thousand a day. And he's like, why do you, why does he have to have a thousand a day? She goes, I got needs. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Apparently. I love so. those. You know, it is interesting too, because when you look at generationally, uh, that number, the number, the average number changes as well. Gen Z went lower saying they only need 128K. Sure. Mm. Millennials were the highest of any generation. Mm-hmm. They said they needed 525,000 a year to be comfortable. Thanks. Wow. Thanks. What? I'm one of, I'm yeah. one of yeah. them. Half a the million. generation of <laughs> millennials. Rubby half. <laughs> <laughs> they don't rub me the same. Like, I mean, I definitely think I'd be comfortable. Give me the half, bro. I'm one of the millennials. <laughs> now, now, are these are these real quick? Are these millennials like trying to get into the NBA? Like, is this like player <laughs> minimums? Like, I'm one of them. <laughs> these the same millennials that work at at Starbucks and In and Out when I go there. The ones that. <laughs> Mess up my order? Is that the same ones with the, the bangs? Is that the one That's with the, the bangs on that the... That is the exact ones. That's the only ones they asked. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I just hung out with a couple of very hipster, like, millennials. Like, I'm talking the most... They don't know how to cook. They oh. don't know how to make desserts. They don't... Everything is off. I feel like my generation is too hip. We've gone further than we should have in the hipster world. I had goat cheese on top of my icing of uh, <laughs> on my carrot cakes. Like all, they're trying to always be like cool and everything they do. It's just too much now. It's just too much. Dang it! It's a lot. Where's the common party? Uh, the common sense party when you need them right now. I know this is coming from a guy who just ranted about buying poor quality Christmas trees. Yeah. And what a, what <laughs> a travesty it is! Wait, but sorry, Christmas- you spent two hundred dollars on a Christmas tree? <laughs> Every, you missed uh, you missed no. uh, the opening Every segment. Uh, he had spent uh, he, he bought a non-GMO, <laughs> non uh, you know like a free like range tree, and the tree was very expensive. It, it was it's like I said in my house. It's he's such a tree snob. He was like poo pooing yeah. my Home Depot tree parking snob. lot tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I spent a crisp thirty nine dollars on mine, and it looks like a thirty nine dollar Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but <laughs> it gets the job done. <laughs> Listen, if if I have I, I know people who go and, and, and will will do like the, the Griswold thing and chop it down. I love that. You know? Um Amazing. that's not an option it, in Florida unless you want a yeah. pine tree. Well so, here's the thing. Palm next tree. year next year if prices stay up like this, because like I said, it's not me. I I'm I it's you know it is it is one thing that that my wife will she only wants to have a really nice Christmas tree. Like she's from New York where Christmas trees are very abundant. And it's it's very important for her to have a have a nice Christmas tree. Next year, if the prices keep going this way, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go rogue with an axe somewhere. I'm just gonna drive out to to a forest that I don't own and I'm coming back you with a tree. Rogue with an and, axe, bro. <laughs> yep. Dude. Be careful what land you're on. Bro, you can get in some trouble, my boy. It'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be in the night and I will be camouflaged. I will be, I will actually look like a Christmas tree. That I will actually have feels pine more needles. dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to save a few bucks next year. All right. What else do you have, Emily? Uh, last thing, speaking of Christmas, you know, it's officially Christmas movie season, something I know each of you guys are so thrilled Yay. about. Okay. Maybe this will get you actually interested, though. Uh, cable TV is on the hunt for their annual Chief of Cheer employee. Um, this person will need to watch 25 Christmas movies in 25 days mm. in order to earn a whopping $2,500 for their service. Little more doing that already. Now? What the heck is going on? There we I've been go. Doing I was writing that first, but I'm like, I'm signing me up right now. <laughs> I just now that you're getting paid for it. Yeah, I just saw that's Christmas the only way story last it? night. But, man, you watched that, that already? I watched it already. You know, I put my Christmas tree up in September. Oh no, that's crazy. No. No. You did that, that I, is, that I'm dead serious. Insane. So I wow. saw my parents, and my parents were like, "This is the last time you're gonna see us in the year. So let's just throw the Christmas tree up." So we put it up in <laughs> September. What? There's no shame. You should you should hide it. You should There's no it. shame no, no. in celebrating Christmas in September. I of all people, I would have thought you would have had no, it. No, this is a free country. Us. This is free, free country, man. I mean, this you dude spent two hundred dollars on a Christmas tree. We got to keep going back to this. Like, there's no it's stakes. staying up. It's there's no stakes too high. It's staying up. It's staying up. Very it, yeah. I'm getting my money's worth. It's staying up it's till the holiday tree yeah, now. March. Every, uh, yeah, March. Fourth of least. July. Yeah. Fourth the American July. flag on it. Valentine's Day is the only reason we're kicking it down. Hazard. Yeah. Well, I, but but what, what Cameron? What was that look for Marty for watching a Christmas movie last mm. night? I watched a Christmas movie last night. I saw four Christmases the day before that. I've been I going in. Yeah, I've been going in. No, watching Christmas movies right now is great. I'm just for some reason. I have my my personal tradition with the Christmas story is only watching it when TBS and TNT do the overnight mm-hmm. thing on Christmas Eve where they play it for 24 hours straight. Yeah. So like while I'm wrapping presents, I watch that that every year. For some reason, it doesn't click that you can watch it prior mm. to Christmas Eve. I don't know. Yeah. But that makes we sense. Other, I mean, we watched Elf. We watched Elf this weekend when yeah, we were doing Elf, our um, Christmas decorating. Yeah, I watch the holiday. Love, you know what I love? I love us people that are like they they try to. My favorite Christmas. I feel like this has been a topic of discussion between Cameron and Jesse. But my favorite people are the ones who are like my favorite Christmas movies. Die Hard. I'm like right, right. Why is that a comment? why is that a thing now? Why is that a, why is that so big in the reform community? Why do they? All, it's always a reform guy bring that up. It's never they want to be, they wanna be tough, bro. Like this is tough. They like to they, and yeah. they're whiskey, right? Yeah. They, one, they like to antagonize. Two, they love they to. Yes. Masculinity, and that so obviously, is big and re- reformed, refer- reformed entity. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. It's it, it 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 checks a lot of boxes. One, it's it's antagonistic. Two, it's a take they can have that will yeah. uh, is like contrarian. And, yeah. and two, it's 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 hyper masculine, which I feel hyper masculine. Like yes, you know. Um, well, you here's here's the best way to shut that down because you know. When Die Hard was released, it was a summer blockbuster. It was it wasn't released at Christmas time. It was a summer movie. They don't release Christmas movies in the this summer. Is true. So you can you can come at them, you know, come at them with with that, that but rationale is not going to matter with somebody that's trying to antagonize. I'm not saying all reform people are this way. But I'm saying rationale with somebody that's trying to antagonize you yeah, is just it, not going to work. It's a segment. It yeah, <laughs> I, I shouldn't paint with too broad of a brush. Why was it released in the summer? It was a blockbuster. It was a blockbuster. It was a huge summer blockbuster during Christmas time. Not then I feel like it should be. Yeah, but but that's the point, though. Is 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 you know this this new movement to reclassify it as Christmas movie when when Christmas is a very small part mm. of the plot. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it could have been any corporate right. party. It could have right. been. You know? yeah. it, it was. 
And, and, and again, they didn't even think through the Christmas thing too much in the movie. The, the, the corporate party's on Christmas Eve. What company is having a Christmas party on Christmas Eve night? Sure. You know, like well, well, it, it, it was literally just it. a stand in. December 9th. This oh, Santa okay, Claus. Remember, he's leaving Christmas Eve party. Yeah. Yeah. But but that movie is about. Yeah. That, but that movie is about Christmas. Like you yeah, could you could true. you could take it and put any any corporate policy where Argyle's driving into the basement and hanging out. It just happens to be Christmas I'm gonna Eve. Keep that it real. Night, I just thought know? about this. Yeah. If, if my job wanted to have a party on Christmas Eve, nobody would show up. Like if there was a I'm like, nope. bro, what in the world? Like, I don't like y'all That's like family this. time. Yeah. Bro, I don't even show up to Christmas Eve service. I don't want to show up to work. <laughs> Let alone his Christmas Eve party. Rowdy want to come to work. Well, look, right. Right. look, if you've seen the movie, the Nagatashi Corporation had a lot of things going sideways. So, I mean, they, were, they, were, they were keeping $500 million in, uh, in, in paper bonds in a, right. in a vault. You know, they're not, they're, you know... They, 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 get a lot, they got a lot more to worry about than, you know. All right, what's y'all's number one Christmas movie? Like, favorite Home all Alone. time? Home Alone one. 1 or 2? Really one. 1. Or Elf. It's either Home Alone or, or Elf. They go, they go back and forth. For me, it's Elf. I'm yeah. a big Christmas vacation. Great. Yeah, that'd be my number two. Yeah. No, I'd say Santa no, Claus. That would probably be mine. I like the Santa Claus. I think that's like that's like I could throw it in the background. I could always play. One? Yeah, I always play it, in the background. It, it, Emily, where do you come in here? Oh, I'm gonna stand firm with the holiday. Um, what is it's that? A good Christmas. It's, I think it's the best. It's a Christmas rom com. It's really good. What's it called uh, it's again? It's like a early holiday. Is it the one where they do house swap? Yeah, it's Cameron Diaz, swap? Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Jude yeah, Law. Yeah, house swap. That is good. It's going viral right now. Did you see that? Well, it predicted Airbnb. Is what it, what yeah. it did. There's a there's a scene in the movie where Jack Black, I guess the girl. Spoiler alert: His girl cheats on him, right? Um, bro, is that what happens? Emily, I want to uh, hear about. She's just a bad Christmas person. Movie yeah. She's a bad person, right? My wife cheated on that. girl. Cheated on me on Christmas, bro. Yeah. We not watching this. Okay. It turns out okay. We know it do not turn out okay. Like we not watching this. <laughs> I'm trying to laugh, eat some cookies and peppermints. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. We not doing this. Let's <laughs> keep Christmas movies where, where the height of drama is thwarting burglars, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the height of Christmas is putting a nail a in someone's child foot, almost committing know? murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really could have committed murder with the fire. But, um... Emily, there's a scene that's going viral right now where Jack Black, when he gets the news, he's playing the song that's in the background on on the couch on his hand doing this. And everyone's like, I have seen this movie hundreds of times and I've never noticed that while she's delivering this message of like, I'm so sorry, I messed up. He's playing in one hand. His musical brain is playing the music <laughs> for the song that's playing. But on the he's just doing this on the couch while listening to her. And everyone's like, no, like he's just such a musical guy, right. Jack Black. Yeah, he is. So people are laughing about that. I just I literally just saw that on TikTok. An underrated one, though, Marty, that you mentioned and I watched it. I literally watched it last night is for Christmas. It's really good. Four Christmases. It's I was telling Cohen about it the other day. When one. they do yeah. the, the church scene. Oh, Derek, you'd love it. It's, if I had to rank Hollywood church scenes, mm. it's it's easily Four top Christmases. five. Yes. Where, uh, yes. Yeah. Where, yeah. where Vince Vaughn. He comes out to We Will Rock You. Oh, like, He's pointing at the crowd. It's such a great movie. this, baby. 
It seems that my wife has forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me this child. Unfit. Yeah. Unfit mother. <laughs> Derek, you watch it. It's on It's on HBO Max. It's great. I, the preacher's wife is a good one, too. There's some good Christmas rom-coms out there. Not the Hallmark ones, but the like actually good Christmas rom-coms. We we need to focus on those. Give me a, give me a good one. All right, you said the holiday where the dude girl cheat on him on Christmas. Can you give me one? Yeah, that a lot of involved that. That's that's happy. <laughs> Emily, that's what's the origin with the different families that all connect and in, in the oh, movie? Love um, actually. That's iconic. a great Christmas oh, okay. movie. I mean, it's a good that's Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. It's a British okay. Christmas movie, so take it as all you will. Right. I was in my my in-laws. They live in a lovely, uh, it's a village outside of New York City, about an hour outside of the city. And I was there last week. And they had, I mean, it's so picturesque, this little town. Um, you know, from like built originally built in the 1800s, a lot of these Victorian homes. Wow. That it was, re- there was recently a Lifetime mo- Christmas movie shot there. And I was asking my father, I was like, how, how, he's like, yeah, it was cool to see the village in, in, in the film. I was like, well, how was the movie? So oh, it's not very good. I was like, he's like, the plot was not good. I was like, well, what was the plot about? He's like, oh, some guy comes back to his hometown after From all the these city. years of working in the city. I'm like, you literally just described They're every all, one of those. Yeah. And like, every there's single like, homework. and then you meet some like, like woman who like works at the inn that's right on the verge of shutting down and, yes. you know, or, or, or like, or, 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 or she moves, she's like the high profile publicist who goes back home and, falls in love with like the handsome proprietor of like a Christmas tree lot on the edge of, you know, like, did y'all see the, pre- did y'all see the preacher's wife? Yeah. yeah preacher's yeah. wife yeah. had yeah. me one, the angel to cheat on right. the husband who was the preacher with Whitney <laughs> Houston. So I don't know about that preacher's one. Wife is wild. I wanted Denzel to end up with, I wanted her to, to, to be with uh, Denzel. So I didn't really, you know, no one wanted Robert Townsend to, to end with the wife. Also Friday after next. <laughs> Is a is a great. That's a Christmas yes, movie. It is a Christmas movie. Is it like how Die Hard's a Christmas movie, Friday, or is it Friday like? After ne- next, let me watch Friday that as a kid. Next, because they're about to get kicked out their apartment, and they have to throw a party to to make money for it, and it's on Christmas. It's a Christmas party. Yeah, wow. definitely. Friday after next, the Santa, the Santa steals the Christmas tree. That's how it opens up with a crackhead Santa stealing the Christmas tree. <laughs> Was it a two hundred dollar Christmas tree? So, I mean, look, what what, what crackheads and Christmas trees like? You can't look if you need one relevant outside of the holiday where you know the girl cheat on her boyfriend and it the, is such the, a small the four, part the of four, the four <laughs> Christmas Christmas carols. If you need some, you need some hood. In your life, Friday after next is gonna be real fun. <laughs> this is where uh, what's his my, name, my, Money Mike, uh, Cat Williams. This is big break right here. Mm-hmm. I love them. My favorite thing is watching the girls from uh, Mean Girls and like the celebrities in those Lifetime movies. You know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a couple people that are just winning every single Lifetime Christmas movie. Reese, you know, recasted in like four or five during the season. I love it. Rachel Lee Cook, she's having a strong Christmas season this Who is year. That? Strong. She went from kiss me to Christmas me. I don't know. The girl from... Uh, uh, Wait, she's oh, like, oh yeah. she's killing it? <laughs> she's now doing... Time. There's a lot of money in it. I, I was reading an article oh, yeah. on Reddit years ago about it takes two weeks to make these movies. They all cost about $1.2 million. They pick the city that they're in. They all have the same plot, so they're really mm-hmm. easy, interchangeable. Um, mm-hmm. Like the one I just saw, Jesse, was a violinist. 
you know, she, she was a violinist about to quit. And the businessman yeah. came in. He was an ambassador for the United <laughs> Nations. Well, it's, the same plot. it's the exact same one. plot. Yeah. yeah just it, interchangeable. It really Chat GPT has changed <laughs> things. Yeah. It, you can, you can use Mad Libs. I love but... being able to read the plot and knowing what yeah. happens. Yeah. I know it's going to end right, but I like, I guarantee yeah. my wife has seen all the movies too. If she yeah. was on here, she would know about them. All right, that'll do it for relevant buzz. Thanks, Emily. Hope you feel better. Yeah, hope, hope this gave you another migraine. All of us talking. Me too. On you. <laughs> A little bit. Stay tuned. Up next, Christine Kane joins us. listening to Monet and Go. The song is Tarantula Queen. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Christine Kane. She's a speaker, teacher, author, social justice leader, and a longtime friend of the show. Uh, As 2023 is coming to a close, we wanted to sit down with her to discuss how we can reflect on this past season of life with grace and how we can set our focus on the things that will lead us to a better future. Here's our conversation with Christine Kane. Well, you know, the year's coming to a close, and I think this is a time when people are reflecting on both the good and bad parts of the last 12 months. And it's really easy to get into a mindset of sort of regretting what we did or didn't do. And I'd love to know, you know, what's a good way to both reflect and look forward on this season of life with grace for ourselves? Yeah, I think that's important because um, sometimes the person we're the most hard on is ourselves. And uh, you just got to know that you've got to grow to where you want to go. I think in our very instant world, we just want to go to bed and get up and go, here I am, you know, Wonder Woman for Jesus. And I'm like, honey, I'm I'm 56. You know, Emily, you and I before this podcast were talking and um, you were saying, you know, Chris, you've inspired me over the years, which I love. There's nothing more I love to hear from young women um, than that. But the fact is I've been doing this for 35 years. It's like people are like, how did you get to where you are? Um, I didn't quit. It's taken 35 years. How long does it take to get to where you are? 35 years. That's it. Like, you know, it's, it's, and I think a lot of times that we don't understand it takes time to grow. My daughters, you know, I didn't expect them to come out of my womb and start running. Um, So I was not angry with them when they couldn't run, when they were, you know, one month old, all they could do was poop a diaper. And, you know, all they wanted me for was to drink milk. And then they just cried. 
that's it. But I, I loved them. I loved them for just, they could do nothing else. That's all they could do. And then I loved watching them grow. Now, the first time my daughter took, you know, her first step and then fell flat on her face, I didn't go, you're a loser. Why didn't you run? Why'd you fall? I mean, I mean you're laughing because that's how ridiculous it is. It's like, and yet we do that to ourselves. You know, we go, we have a go, we stumble, and then we get up and go, man, you're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You can, and you go, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. That was my first step. And so you've just got to give yourself grace enough. Be as kind to yourself as you would be with somebody else. Yeah, I love that you are bringing up this spirit of resiliency because um, I think that's really important for my generation where I've seen a lot of people who are very action driven, but they end up burning out quickly. Um, I'd love to know how can we develop resiliency without burning ourselves out? Well, I think it's important because a lot of... Um, the going, you've got to ask your motivation out of whose strength am I going? So the fact is, you know, Isaiah says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not faint. And so at 56, I've, I've been saying that scripture over my life for a lot of years. Chris, you know, wait upon the Lord. You'll mount up on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary and you'll walk and not faint. But that's because um, I know my strength comes from God. It doesn't come from me. And I think when you're trying to do it, it's not what, how much you do for God that burns you out. It's what you stop doing. That's what burns you out. So if you stop being in the word, in community, um, praying, uh, looking after yourself in terms of your spiritual di disciplines, your own physical disciplines, disciplines um, of, you know, healthy eating and exercise and enough rest and enough sleep. I mean, it, it's all the basics, but you watch normally when sort of, especially in this day of activism, it's like, uh, go, go, go. But I don't have the strength. My shoulders cannot bear the burden of this world. Uh, you know, that needs to be on Jesus's shoulders and he bore that burden at Calvary. So for me, um, I would be overwhelmed. We have, you know, 19, A21 officers in 15 countries. Now, the amount we have at any one time, multiple hundreds of survivors in our care from children to, you know, adults. Um, we've got, I've got hundreds of staff around the world. I could easily go tap out, burn out and just go, this is too much if I tried to do it in my own strength. But because I'm utterly dependent on God, and I don't feel like I need to be the savior because the world's already got a savior and that's Jesus. And he does a much better job than me. Then I can um, pay attention to the things I need to pay attention to, which is my inner world, um, my spiritual life with Jesus, my physical strength. As I get older too, that becomes more important because I'm limited by my physical capacity. So, you know, um, my strength there. And if I, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, again, it comes back to all the basic basic stuff. And that's not the cool stuff. That's not the Instagrammable stuff. That's not the stuff that looks awesome. Um, we've got to be careful in our activism that we're not being active out of our own strength or we are going to uh, fail. We're just going to fall flat on our face. Our strength must come from God. Um, I can't be a man pleaser. I have to be a God pleaser and I have to do what God is leading me to do. And that means that I have to live with the fact that a lot of people are not going to be happy at, at any one time at, at all. You can't be living a life that I live and 
you try to please everyone all the time, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. You've got to please God all of the time. And hopefully you please most of the people most of the time. And, um, um, you know, I think it's some of those things of knowing where your strengths from daring to step back, uh, make sure that you're paying attention to your, your discipline, your spiritual practices, your inner world, um, I think a lot of times you've got to ask yourself, what's driving me? Is it really God or is it my ego? Is it that I want the accolades? Is it that it looks really good on social media? Am I driving? Am I doing this because I really care for people? Or do I want more followers? Do I want more? You know, so you, I think the more you keep your motives in check, the more energy you've got to do what God's called you to do. You know, going back to the end of your reflection too, I think it's easy to look on social media at this time of year and fall into a comparison trap. Um, you know, thinking that we didn't do as much as someone else this year. What are some ways that we can make sure we're not slipping into comparison while scrolling through someone else's feed? Yeah, I think that it's it's going to be a constant fight for your generation, no matter what. That, uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. Um, because like my daughters, they, they've never not they've never known a world without this. So, you know, it's, I always say the Lord bless me because I got saved before there was an internet. I got saved before there was social media. So I do have a BC, you know, B SM before social media and ASM life. And so um, it means that, you know, I'm able to think a bit differently about all of that uh, for your generation. That's not the reality. So you, you have to develop practices to make sure that you have an offline life. Um, and so the online world will always be part of your world, part of your reality because our reality, because that's the world that we live in. Um, but I have found that when you are busy and about the father's business, you've got a whole lot less time to be meddling in everyone else's business. And I find the times I'm least on social media is when I am most invested in doing the work that God has given me to do with the people right before me. You know, I love that you're bringing community into this because that is such a big thing for my generation. Um, you can have thousands of followers, but that's not your community. Um, even if we may think it is, I, you know, I'd love to hear what are some qualities we should be looking for in our friends and the community that surrounds us. We've got to be open to the fact that, you know, friendships um, have seasons and, you know, someone that may have been great in one season may not be a friend to resiliency in your next season. And your friends, I think one really important uh, virtue and value in a friend is someone that has the capacity to grow and to allow you to grow um, and to keep becoming the person that God has created you to become. I think people that want to keep you stuck in a previous season um, and like the you that they, you know, that I want you back there, they're not going to help you develop resiliency because they're, they're just, they might help you develop codependency, but not resiliency. And I think um, a friend is just, you know, no one's perfect. All of us make mistakes or all of us um, mess up. But I think it's someone that's willing to stand with you, to encourage you. They've got to be committed to their own journey with Jesus as well. You know what I mean? So when they're committed and we're talking in the context of resiliency, we have lots of friends that may or may not even be believers, but they may have a different place in our life. But the ones that are um, 
helping us to develop a strong faith muscle to help us get through adversity um, and not just barely get by, but to be who God's called us to be and then to thrive on the other side of it. Well, the only people that can really do that are people that have walked with Jesus and people that are walking with Jesus and um, are going to help encourage you from the word. And, you know, they're going to come and they're going to um, sit with you when you're suffering and when you're struggling and when you've been disappointed, but they're going to love you too much to leave you there forever. There's going to come a time where that friend's going to be, okay, time to pick up your mat and walk. It's time to start walking. And I'm going to take you by the hand and we're going to do this together, but we're going to move on. So you need, you know, faithful, loyal, integrous. Again, I'm going to say not perfect because none of us are. If you're looking for the perfect friend, you're never going to find one. Um, and, but if you're looking for good, you know, faithful, steadfast, true, honest, integrous. Um, and I would say the primary thing is that they are committed to growing up in Christ themselves, because that is the person that's going to help you get up and keep moving towards Jesus. That was Christine Kane. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. Many fell back in their ways and forgot the basic principles in the face of their father. Wrote it a week who hard in their heart, but they suffer in that place, forgot to put their guard up. You're listening to Stephen Malcolm. Song is 40. Mm. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. I have little recollection of how we got to this question of the week. Jesse, maybe you can help me. But if, if the question that we asked you guys was, if you could create a crossover episode between any two TV shows, what shows would you choose and what would the plot be? Mm. Do you remember why we asked that? Seems like an attorney to go. That it I, does. I, yeah. It was pre Thanksgiving. It was it was a while ago. Well, anyway, it's a good question. You guys hit us up on X at Relevant Podcast and also replied in our stories on Instagram and other places as well. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, I like Ben Shroop's suggestion of a Nathan for you undercover CEO uh, or undercover boss, where it's basically they just let Nathan Fielder come in and run companies. I would watch that show. Uh, you love his awkward humor. <laughs> oh, he's he's one of our he's one of America's finest treasures, in my opinion. It makes me so uncomfortable. Exactly. Like when he was doing that show where he would give business advice to people. Yeah, that was Nathan for you. Nathan for you. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle that one. What about the? I did like his last one where he did the fake house and stuff. The rehearsal. The rehearsal was great. Yeah, rehearsal. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Jason says, not TV, but I want a Fast and Furious Jurassic Park crossover. <laughs> There's no description. Relax. He plot. didn't give a plot because there is no plot. We don't need it. We don't need a plot. It's sold. How, Every, how do car races it? beat dinosaurs, though? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, they'll figure like, it, it out. Does, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> they, they shot Ludacris into outer space by wrapping his car in tinfoil. Anything's possible. Right. Yeah. They car raced a nuclear sub. Yeah. I do love this one. The original Fresh Prince and It's Always Sunny. Charlie ends up breaking the fight up that got Will sent to L.A. That, that would, would be, be funny crazy. if like that oh, would be pretty yeah. smart. That would be that would be very um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That would be not very Fresh Prince, but very It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So in this scenario, because Charlie broke the fight up, yeah. Will Will doesn't need to leave. So Will stays fight. in Philly. Yeah. And I guess okay. he joins the gang at Patty's. After That's that. crazy. Oh, I guess. Man, you, that was oddly specific, Jesse. Is that the name of the place? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Patty's, Patty's Pub. Pub. I'm trying to think of one because Friday, some of these are a little yeah, too bro. extreme. They're not in the same, to me, yeah. they're not in the same universe, right? Like in the, in the office universe. Yeah, someone said the, the office and the yeah, wire. That's yeah. too much. Yeah. Like that's. I yeah. would say Office Universe and you connect to 30 Rock and you connect to well, Parks and Recs. Or, right, right, right. Like, how, yeah. how do we connect those two somehow? There, there's one that's Doctor Who and The Chosen, which I've never seen Doctor Who, but I know the premise <laughs> is, is, is the one. doctor goes back in time, you know. To, in a phone booth or something, yeah. right? But isn't yeah. that the plot of, like, both Superbook and Adventures in Odyssey? Where they have some means of time travel, mm-hmm. go back to the Super, Bible. Isn't that what, literally sure. what those shows are? Yeah, I used to watch that with the kids all the time. That was that was a go to. Does it hold up? No <laughs> sir. Like <laughs> no sir. <laughs> I would mix chosen the chosen, <laughs> and I would try to mix something in that universe that would make sense. Um, you know, maybe maybe let's go to maybe let's go to uh, what's that one um, uh, Game of Thrones. Let's let's try to do a crossover you're there. Saying, you're saying throw let's some dragons dragon. in the chest. Yeah, let's throw some dragons <laughs> in that bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Let Jesus that's deal crazy. with a couple of those. You know, let's see what, how he handles you, it. You see what would let's happen. See how he handles let's it. See yeah, what happens. Three hundred in Game of Thrones would be crazy though. There you go. That's, that's better. better. That's closer. Jesus slaying a dragon. I want to see Jesus knock out a dragon, but <laughs> I mean, we know he slays the dragon, but you know, I don't want to like see him slay like yeah. an actual dragon and the Ice King and all that. You know. All right, uh, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, earlier we were talking about uh, our favorite Christmas movies. For this week's question, we want to know your favorite Christmas movie. But we want a one-sentence defense of why it's the best to you. Like, w- w- just convince us in one sentence why it's the best. Hit us up on X at Relevant Podcast or wherever you see us post that question. We'll read our favorites on next week's show. Well, before we wrap things up, uh, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show just in passing, but it's our annual tradition, uh, our, a very relevant Christmas. Our Spotify playlist is out now. We have a curated playlist of our favorite tracks, some great bands, great artists, cool. It's a unique mix. It is an extensive mix. You will not get bored listening to this playlist. It is like 350 songs. And I, how do you have a curated list of 350 songs? Trust me, it's curated. There's just a lot of good music out there. So go check it out. It's called A Very Relevant Christmas. It's available on Spotify for free. Search it up. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. It's Marty. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I'm not buying parking lot trees. Relevant Podcast Network.